It's Friday night and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun. Show you how it's done. TGIF. All right, welcome to week 98 of the Two Guys into Friday's podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. What's going on, Steve? You know, just doing stuff, watching some TGIF, and I am here and ready to talk to you about it. I've got a cat on my lap. Oh, well, that's cool. I don't. It is cool. Just a dog around here somewhere. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, we go back. We watch all the shows that aired on TGIF 30 years later, and uh, these are shows that would have aired when, Travis? These would have aired on a date that I was not prepared to tell you. That's fine. Uh, um, July No, something? I got it. I got it. August 2nd, 1991. August 2nd, 1991. Um, We're in August. Cool. A couple things before we get into that. Uh, thanks to Crystal for the theme song this week. Yeah, thanks, Crystal. We'll take anything. And uh, <laughs> we just did, didn't we? Um, also, follow us on all social media at TGIFCast. Go to our YouTube page. Subscribe. Watch all the videos on there. Just search Two Guys in a Fridays, and it's pretty easy to find. Yeah, yeah. Look us up. Um, so today on the show, like we told you last week, we've got the uh, pilot episode of Howie and Rose. We've got a new episode of Hi, Honey, I'm Home. But before that, let's look at what was going on in the world 30 years ago. And on uh, August the 2nd, 1991. So I don't know a whole lot about this story. But uh, Rick James uh-huh. was arrested for uh-huh. sexual torture. I believe it was his, wasn't it his like wife or girlfriend too? I don't know. I think it was. I think it was a sexual. Or Do you a know anything about that story? I, I don't. I feel like um, I should. Except that I think it was it was someone he was in a relationship with. Is that but like I, why I he was such like a like a character on like the Chappelle Show? Like why people like him or like that he's famous other than his songs? Well, I think like he does had that have some... something to do with like his like the mystique of Rick James? So he definitely is famous. He's definitely an accomplished artist that that like sure. had a lot of fame for his music. But I think that he became kind of a bit of a caricature because of his, he had substance abuse problems and some like run-ins with the law. So this says, uh, the couple allegedly burned the victim with a crack cocaine pipe and sexually abused her. Yeah, I mean, that's not really that fun to talk about, but it does say that it was Rick James and his girlfriend that that held this 24-year-old girl uh, hostage. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it definitely looks like it was, obviously, from what you said uh, and other stuff that I'm looking at now, drug-related, but... Can I read all this uh, stuff? I mean, I guess I can, right? Salt I mean, yeah, but weapon. I don't know if we should. Don't, don't, uh, I don't, we don't need it. It's still a family show. It's bad. You don't want to read it. Just go to Wikipedia. Lot. There's a lot. Go to Wikipedia. All right. So, yeah, he did all that stuff. That's why uh, August the 2nd, 1991 was a big day for Rick James. Steve said, I don't really have much to talk about except all this bad stuff that happened to celebrities. And I'm like, it's the 90s. Yeah. When I was looking at stories, uh, I think I've... Oh, no, next week, I don't... Have, I have a good one for next week. So when we get to next week, it will not be bad celebrity stories. That's good. Yeah. Um, what about movies and music for the week? Is that song that I was thinking last week's episode going to hit number one? It is. Uh, so first of all, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, number one last week. Crushing we got something it. new. Oh, something new. something new. something new next week. Yep, something new next oh, week. Oh, next week. Next week. Okay. Last week for Terminator 2. So number one song this week, Everything I Do... Do It For You by Brian Adams from the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack. One of the greatest songs in the history of humanity. I played the song at my piano recital, at, I assume in 1991 or 92. Um, this song, so I was reading just a little bit about it. Obviously, it's it's the number one song of the year, according to Billboard. Can I stop you real quick? 
Yeah. This is not the song I was thinking of. No? No. <laughs> what song were you thinking of? So, first of all, this song from the movie Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, right? Yeah. The, the movie was number one a few weeks ago, right? Uh-huh. We've talked about the movie. Yeah. You want to know the song I was thinking of? Yes. So Metallica's Inner Sandman came out last week. Uh, that's not going to hit number one on the I'm I'm, v- I'm very surprised. Not even a little bit surprised. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm, and that's not me commenting on the song, but that's it's just, just me like, commenting because on... it's like a heavy rock song or whatever. Yes. Like they yeah. don't hit number one on Billboard very often. Not yet. And, and, and yeah, again, this is not a comment on Metallica. Trust me. I can sure, talk sure, about sure. my feelings about Metallica, but we're not going to do that. Um, but it's just, that that's not going to hit number one on the hot 100. Not even next. But week. I'll tell you what is everything I do. I do it for you by <laughs> Brian Adams. Um, I thought you were going to say you played it at your wedding, but you played it at a piano recital? I did. I played him a piano recital in 91 or 92 whenever I played that. Um, and it's something fun. This is the longest uninterrupted run at number one on the UK singles chart since 20... Or the Wikipedia page says as of 2021. So I don't know if anything's replaced it or if they've just kind of leave that there as a placeholder of that it still wow. continues to be... So I'm assuming it's going to be number one for a few weeks here too. It is. It is. It was 16 weeks in the UK. It's, it's any, not other, that many. any other week, Metallica, you would have been fine. Maybe. Again, not a comment on Metallica, but it's just <laughs> not the right. This isn't where we're going to find them as number one right now. Uh, so that's movies, music, any birthdays this week? No, let me check again, but I don't think there was. Uh, we can just go with no. All right. All right. <laughs> Wait, who's that person? No, no, no birthdays. We're good. All right. So uh, let's get into it. Like we said, this is the uh, pilot episode and the one and only episode, right? One and only episode of Howie and Rose. Howie and Rose. Um, we do get a little uh, commercial, or not like a little intro in before saying, ladies and gentlemen, no family matters this week. Instead, we have Howie Mandel with a TGIF comedy special is how they announce it. It was special. Um, I'm not even going to play the theme song. It's just an instrumental, like piano type thing. No lyrics or anything like that. But, um, easily the worst theme song that we've had on a TGIF show to date. Uh, the theme video does have a bunch of shots of like New York and you see like mm-hmm. the cast in different places. And we also find out from the theme song intro video that Howie Mandel is going to be like a radio DJ personality in this as well. Right. Exactly. Um, commercial break, Pizza Hut, Sudafed, Diet Dr. Pepper. Then we get into the episode. <laughs> Um, it starts off, um, we're, I, I was confused what was going on in the beginning, but we're in like a, um, a courtroom and yep. there's a woman and her husband and they are getting sentenced three to five years. They were found guilty on 68 counts of, of like gambling. Was it? Yep. Yeah. Bookmaking and racketeering. So okay. gambling. First he said bookmaking. I'm like, what do you get arrested for making books for? But then I figured That's it ga- out. It's gambling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that goes there we don't really know how that connects right well, now. well we find out a little bit more because we find out that the couple also has a daughter and they do not know what they're going to do with their daughter now that they're going to jail for three to five years then we go to uh wcry i believe is the name of the station um what an awful name for a radio station on a on a comedy show cry yeah yeah so i didn't, care for it. I didn't think it was very good but. um Howie's on the radio, so he's kind of playing himself, like he's playing the character named Howie, but he's a different last name on the show, right? Right. It's I don't I wouldn't Why say I don't do think that? he's playing himself. I think he just happens to be named Howie. That's it. Yeah, they're they're making it easy on everybody. Um, I mean, I mean, the name of the show is Howie and Rose. It's not like Bill and Rose. He, yeah, they got a he's got a name about Howie. Was he a pretty huge comedian at this time in his career? 
Well, I mean, I think like Bobby's World was already out, and I think he had a pretty well established career as a stand up by this point. Okay. I was um, thinking this was. But yeah, Bobby's World had already Bobby's been on World. TV for a couple of years. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he's doing like a, like a morning radio show, just tons of jokes. Like it's almost like a stand up routine, just like joke, 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 joke. And then uh, we 90s drive time radio. Yeah. We find out his co-host, uh, his name is Lawrence. And, um, we also find out how he has a date later that night. And yep. this is when and Lawrence is played by Stephen first too. The only reason I bring him up specifically is evidently he works a lot with Howie Mandel. Like if you look at Stephen first IMDB page, it's, almost all Howie Mandel projects. So I think that they huh. have a pretty good relationship and working together. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was like his opener, like on the road. Pro- yeah, very possibly. So um, they're taking like calls from different callers and stuff. Um, and they get a call from Howie's sister. And this is the same woman who was in the courtroom that got arrested in sentence earlier, right? Yep. R- Rita. Um, this is the first time that they've talked in five years. Um, she tells him that she's going to prison and she needs him to take care of their daughter, Rose. And she will be there this afternoon. Yep. Bags are already packed. She's bringing her in the city, dropping her off. It's a done deal. That's it. So, um, yeah, Howie has no idea what to do, but he and Lawrence go back to the apartments. Um, I don't know if they're on like the third floor or whatever they are, but, uh, Lawrence is out of breath by the time they get up to the apartment. He's also carrying a bunch of stuff that, that, and, how he's not carrying anything. Yeah. Uh, how he's nervous. He doesn't know what to do. Um, they're talking about Rose and, uh, they look up and Rose is like on the second store floor, uh, balcony or whatever you call it. Like, uh, he's got like a loft. He lives in a loft apartment. So yeah. he's got the, the main floor and then the loft and she's already arrived, gotten into the apartment somehow and is waiting for them in the loft. Yep. She's like looking over top of the little wall on the top of the loft at, down at them. Um, and yeah, I mean, they've got to, he's got to very quickly figure out how to take care of a girl and, uh, and what to do, I guess. And the other thing here is that she walks down the stairs of the loft, smoking a cigarette, wearing a leather jacket. I'm really, I want to know the, the mechanics behind child actors smoking. Obviously, I mean, it's not a real cigarette, I'm sure, but curious about the mechanics of all that. Um, also of note, she seems like super okay with everything, like very confident. She doesn't have any problems. She's ready to go with whatever's thrown at her. And, uh, she's playing that like New York tough girl kind of street smart, that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lawrence says that he's got to run. So he leaves and then Howie and Rose kind of try to have some like bonding time, or at least Howie tries to have it with Rose at this point. Yeah, and there's one other thing, too, that gets set up right here is that there's only one bathroom in the apartment for the two of them, and that's comes a, kind of a small little point that, that plays throughout the show. Um, he bought her a bunch of toys while he was out around town, um, stuff that she's really not interested. Probably the m- most notable toy is, like, one of those, like, uh, baby dolls that you squeeze and it pees all over the floor. Right. So then he shows her... Um, he has her grandmother's music box. I guess this was passed down to him when he died or he got it somehow and he wants to give it to her and show her that he has something like sentimental and hopefully tries to bond a little more with her with this music box yeah she doesn't care at all nope um she actually tells howie that um well this is what we're gonna do we're gonna try to live together for a month if it doesn't work out then i'll just go back to long island and we'll go from there yeah, and a couple of the things that we find out here too is that a she's going to a private school that her parents use their their uh, bookmaking and one of the, the head of a admission group got her into a private school. 
Uh, she hates being called Rosie. Every time that, that Howie calls her Rosie, she flips out on him. Um, and the other thing too, is that the parents have sold their house in Long Island. So really she has nowhere to go except for, for, to be with Howie. And if she goes back to Long Island, she's going to kind of be on her own to figure out what she wants to do. Yep. So we go uh, later that night. We're in the apartment, assuming that uh, Rose is asleep because uh, Howie is now coming home, I guess, from his date. Right. So I took it to be that he was leaving to go to the radio show in the morning. Oh, I thought he was just coming in from outside. Like, I thought we saw. Him I thought he was coming door. down from upstairs. OK. I mean, it could be maybe. Way. I, yeah, maybe either. Yeah. Either way, he's trying to be quiet and sneak around Rose because Rose, they don't have another bedroom. Rose is sleeping on the floor in the in the downstairs room. Yep. So um, he like steps over stuff, thinking he's stepping over where she's sleeping. Eventually, like goes towards the bathroom, and then finds out that she was actually in the bathroom the whole time. Right. Correct. Um, and then is this where it cuts to like an overhead shot of her in the bathroom and shows her just sitting in the middle of the floor crying yeah. in the bathroom alone. So she's playing this tough girl act, but obviously this whole thing with her parents and now being living with someone else, it's definitely getting to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we go back to the radio station. They're doing like radio bits and stuff again. And uh, is this the singing part or was that earlier or later? The singing part. Yeah, they were uh, like, they were like talking about like, I don't know, like weather and driving or something. And like the both of them are singing on the radio. I don't know. I ah, Sure. I just put radio bit on everything. <laughs> well, what I wrote, what I wrote here is that he's talking to a bird psychiatrist. Okay. Um, so how he tells Lawrence, like, uh, how this whole parenting thing is real easy. And as he's doing yeah. that, uh, Lauren or the producer from the other room says that the, uh, Rose's school is called and, uh, they need Howie to pick up Rose immediately and they need to hurry because if they do, they might be able to beat the SWAT team there. Which doesn't make sense once we find out what she's doing. But yeah, sure. it doesn't really. Um, so Lawrence is left alone. He tries to uh, pretend like he's an emergency broadcast uh, system test uh, on the air good. because he doesn't know what else to do. And uh, that's where we leave the radio station. Correct. Yep. So now we go to the school. Uh, Are we not going to talk about commercials? Oh, no, we will. Um, this commercial break right here. Burger King, uh, Pepsi, Woolite, Breath Saver, pull-ups, and then uh, the big one. This, this is, is where, the one I'm, yeah, this is the one I'm getting at. This is where the announcement is made. Full House will no longer be on TGIF. It is moving to Tuesday nights. And this was done by Michelle Tanner a la The Terminator. She's got glasses on, leather jacket. Does That's whole awesome from an episode, though, right? And so there's an episode where she ha- she dresses up in leather jacket. I think that this was not actually filmed. Okay. This was filmed separately for the commercial. So, yeah. Because I mean, it also wouldn't have made sense for her to film that and then coincide this with Terminator 2 being hot. As big theater. as it was. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So, um, I mean, we've talked about it before. Full House, no longer on TGIF. And this is the announcement to everyone. Yeah, well, I'm sure people knew. But this was the reinforcing the fact that you're never going to see us again on yeah. Friday nights. So... After the commercial break, we go um, to Rose's school. Howie gets there. He's waiting for the principal, talking to a couple of the kids about what they did and stuff. And then Howie goes into the principal's office, and we find out everything that Rose did at this point. She was running a craps game while drinking beer and smoking in the library. Did she, I, so they didn't say it the, the second and third time they mentioned everything she did, but I feel like she also threatened the librarian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, she threatened to beat the librarian with a book. That's true. <laughs> yep. 
They did uh, mention that up front. That yeah, and then they don't mention it the other two times where they're like talking about it, but whatever. So maybe that's why they called in SWAT. Maybe it was getting real serious with her about to yeah. beat up this library. Maybe. Um, so the principal, her big thing is, I want to know what you're going to do to uh, to punish um, and uh, what kind of discipline are you going to use to get Rose straight? Like, what are you going to do? And yeah, how, what are you going to do? As how he doesn't know what to do. That's the big thing. Right. And uh, at this point, too, I think Rose tells Howie... She's going back to Long Island. She's done with this. She doesn't. This school's not working for her, and she's going back to Long Island. Yep. And they just start arguing right there in the office. Yep. And we also this is. I think we really. I mean, we kind of knew it because she was crying in the bathroom. But I think this is where Howie kind of finds out that Rose is really upset about everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Rose says, you know, she'd rather be, you know, she'd rather be in her stupid bedroom looking at the stupid tree outside of her window than here in the city with Howie. And and we also find out that the reason that she hates it when Howie calls her Rosie is because that's what her mom would call her. That's right. She misses her mom. Um, so from here so to Long Island from New York, from the city, is that a train or a ferry? I would take a train. So they're at a train station at this point? Yeah. Okay. So we're at the train station. Uh, Rose is there already in line to buy her ticket. Howie shows up before she gets up to the window and just kind of tells her that he wants this to work out. He wants to figure out what he needs to do, and he wants Rose to stay with her. Yeah, yeah. He's basically begging her to stay. Yeah, he's trying to say that they both need each other, and uh, she ends up buying her ticket anyways after all the stuff that he tells her. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of an interesting thing because they do have kind of a very like heartfelt conversation, and you get the impression that she's going to just stay, but she doesn't. She Like Steve said, she buys the ticket, and she she goes. Yep. So um, then we go back to the apartment. Howie's there. He's all alone. Obviously sad that uh, Rose has left. And uh, there's a knock on the door. It's not Rose. It's Lawrence. He's out of breath again. And uh, he's just there to kind of check on his friends, see how he's doing after everything that happened. Yeah. So Howie says he's okay. Um, Lawrence leaves. Um, more sad Howie. And then uh, Howie starts uh, talking to the doll that he bought for Rose. And as he's doing this, uh, Rose walks in behind him and uh, she is there to tell Howie she's changed her mind and she has decided to try to work this out and she's going to stay in New York with Howie. And we're going to have five seasons of this five this seasons. of the show. Um, she does have some ground rules though and uh, instead Howie though is kind of like upfront. He's like, no, this is how it's going to be. You're going to do your homework. You're going to come home when I tell you to, that kind of thing. And it seems like that's kind of maybe what Rose needed was a little bit of like sternness from somebody and uh she does seem happy about this whole thing yeah this is one of those moments where she kind of appreciates somebody being a parent figure to her and he also tells her there's no more smoking which is you know probably a smart thing (laughs) um she makes the doll pee on the ground and then she winds up the music box as it plays her grandma's music box credits roll and that's the uh end of rose and howie forever howie and rose howie and rose that is a couple a couple of just small notes um, and I, it was hard to tell who these people exactly were because they were credited with with like names that you'd ever hear in the show. Okay. But uh, Dee Dee Reicher, who I believe played the receptionist at the school, she was in an episode of Just a Ten that we watched, the one where um, where Brooke Theus goes, the, the first one we ever watched, the one where Brooke Theus uh, hooks up with the biker who ends up being her husband later in real life. Okay. And holds, holds up the uh, the convenience store. Yep. So she was in that episode. And then the, I think kind of the more cool one note is Jan, Jan, hold on, Jan Rabson. He, I believe was the guy who was selling tickets at the, at the train or bus station. Uh-huh. And um, he was the, 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 uh, the Rod Serling uh, Twilight Zone 
um, impersonator that was in the episode, I believe, where they went to the to the the nunnery and they were stopped at the uh, at the cafe. Marie. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, so he was the he was the Rod Sterling lookalike in that episode huh. of Just a Ton of Us. Um, then there's some perfect strangers trivia that comes on the screen, but it gets cut off before uh, I get to see the final multiple choice answer. So I didn't get the answer. Yeah, I wouldn't look that it, it wasn't worth sitting in any making notes about. <laughs> All right, so yeah, no more Howie and Rose, so we might not ever talk about it again. Possibly, we'll see. Maybe we'll get somebody from the show on. Maybe Howie Mandel is taking a break from. Yeah. What is he? What is he? America's Got Talent. Yeah, that one. That one. Maybe he's taking a break, and he's like, "Yeah, I got nothing else to do. I'll talk to Stephen Travis." Maybe he's not hosting Ellen this week or something. Or some. I mean, he's busy. He's a busy man. Yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah, then we go and we get the uh, third episode of Hi, Honey, I'm Home. Name of the episode: Fur Flies, and. Uh, like I said last week when we did this, I'm liking this show, Travis. I'm liking it. Yeah, yeah. I'm into. I mean, I'm into most of it. I'm yeah. still not. There's still parts of it that aren't clicking with me, but it's I, the. So I looked up the name. Charlotte Booker is the woman who plays Honey Nielsen. Okay, and she's so, she's just so much. She's so good. She's yeah. so much fun. Um. So the show starts off like it did last week. We get this clip from the from their sitcom. Um, Honey's in the kitchen. Um, she has a fur shawl on and Lloyd says that, uh, oh no. Cause there's a neighbor that's over there too. Right. So her best friend neighbor is there and they're talking about how honey bought this shawl. And then Lloyd comes in and honey doesn't want Lloyd to know that she bought the shawl. Cause we assume that it's expensive and she probably didn't have his permission. Which pretends she, it's she, the neighbors, right? Right. She pretends it's the neighbors. And, uh, so the neighbor leaves with the shawl and then Lloyd's like, you know what? One day I might be able to buy you a uh, furry little friend to keep you warm, but until then, you're gonna have to deal with me. And then that's the uh, end of that one. Uh, oh, Lloyd. <laughs> uh, so yeah, after the theme song, we come back. We've got uh, Mike. He's talking to Babs. They're at uh, they're at the Nielsen's house. She knows um, all he wants to do is ask her out on a date, and uh, she says, "Well, the deal is now that my show, now that I'm canceled, I think she uses what she says." That uh, I can't go date rejects. Like I could date rejects on the show because then it was like a real life. Like I don't know. Like it made the char- made you feel good for the character or something. But I can't do it in real life now that my show's canceled. That was you're explaining this very poorly. So, yeah, probably. She, so she under, she knows that he wants to ask her on a date. He asks her on a date and she says no. I can't go on a date with you. And Mike says I don't understand. On the show you dated the rejects and the nerds all the time. What's the difference now? Why won't you go on a date with me? And her explanation, like Steve tried to say, is that on the show, if she went out of, with a reject, it made everybody feel good for her because she was doing a nice thing for somebody who needed somebody a nice thing done. And so it made her more popular. But in real life, if you date a reject or a nerd, then you then are you a reject. Less popular. Yeah, it makes you a reject. So you have to go out with the popular people. That's what I said, pretty much. <laughs> sure. Somebody understood what you said. So Lloyd comes home. Uh, Mike tells Lloyd that uh, Honey is not there. She's at a women's meeting. And uh, Mr. Nielsen reminds Mike that uh, he is—he's <laughs> the only one who knows. Oh, the, he reminds him that, like, Mike, you got to remember—you're the only one that knows that we are from this TV show. Like, I feel like they have to—they have to remind the audience every time that Mike's the only one that knows this is going on. That's entire thats a hundred percent what they're doing—is—is is making sure that everybody remembers what's going on in the show. So, um, then even though—even though I just want to say it hasn't been an issue yet at all. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I don't think we knew that uh, Mr. Nielsen's job at this point, right? Or like, did he change? Well, no. Job? Well, he just got. We we he knew got the fired first in the first episode, right? 
He got fired. So this is now we're finding out what his new job is. So his new job, he works at like a, a fur manufacturer. Plant? I think I think he sells. I think he sells furs. Okay, so like a um, store that sells furs, and which he uh, thinks is a really cool, like hip, you know, high class job to have. Not understanding that in modern times, furs aren't as well thought of as they were back in the fifties, sixties. Okay, yeah, and we also find out that uh, he has purchased or got something from his uh, job for Honey, like a little gift for her. Yep, like a, a, a nice fur coat. Um, Mike tells Lloyd, whatever you do, don't let my mom find out because she doesn't like the idea of fur at all. Right, she's obviously, she doesn't like a lot of things. Yeah, so yeah. Honey gets home um, and she says that uh, they had a great time in the women's meeting and she is really enjoying herself now. She's she's definitely like getting to her own groove in this uh, new world that she's living in and uh, she's very glad that she has Elaine as a friend. Yeah, yeah, she's super excited that she's made a friend so quickly. And this is where Honey um, is given the gift from Lloyd. He has uh, bought her a brand new fur coat. Yep, big old fur coat. She's very happy to have it, too. She loves the idea of it. She puts it on, the doorbell rings, she goes and answers the door, and it's Elaine. And this is where we immediately find out, once again, that Elaine does not like fur coats, and she is very quick to tell uh, Honey this. And I liked the scene here because basically they do like a devil angel uh, Lloyd on one shoulder, uh-huh. Elaine on the other shoulder. But I like what they did because it was like, a, I, I'm going to just say a mink fur coat, some kind of small sure. animal. And they had the heads that were like on the shoulder. And they obviously had engineered these heads so that, that Elaine and Lloyd could move the mouth of <laughs> the heads. And then so they were moving the mouths of these taxidermy creatures while they were talking to Honey. And it was, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. So Lloyd's like trying to present it as like a manly gift and it's something like a woman should have. And Elaine's like trying to just make her give it up and get rid of it. So Honey, though, is just her whole thing is she just doesn't like to see the two of them arguing. Right. Exactly. So I put next day question mark because again, I'm not sure how much time we're skipping ahead, but, uh, Elaine comes back over um, to their house to get honey. They are going to a sit-in, like, protest for women's equality in pay. Is that right? I couldn't... I never could figure out what they were going to the sit-in for, but... That's yes, what I got out of it. So, okay, um, sure. she reminds honey to go get ready, so she goes upstairs to get ready, and Elaine tries to try on the fur coat. She's like, let's see what this thing's all about. So, she, like, puts on the fur coat, and as she's doing that... Skunk comes in and gives her a hard time for wearing a fur coat. She tries to play it off like she wasn't putting it on or anything. And then uh, Mike and Babs come in. And this is where we find out that Babs has agreed to go on one date with Mike. Because, and her reasoning is because she has, she's not getting any dates at all. So she's like, any date is better than no dates. So skip ahead a little again. Do, do you think the guys are just put off by her at her school because she's so different? Do you think that? I was going to say maybe her voice, like that's why she oh, puts you off. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can understand that. I mean, she's really attractive. I just, you know, her voice, man. <laughs> um, so Lloyd gets home. Uh, no one's home at this point, just Lloyd. And he turns on the TV. And, and he, But when he walks in, he's very much like, where's dinner? Where's Where's uh, honey to make me dinner? Where's my dinner? Yeah, he's just looking for everything done for him. And uh, the TV, though, we find out that uh, the police broke up a sit-in demonstration who we know was uh, honey and Elaine both uh, had something to do with this. He kind of doesn't really pay attention to it at first until um, he hears 
Honey and her like famous Opu line as uh, we find out they had chained themselves to something inside of this building and they had to be removed by like 10 SWAT members. And were arrested. And arrested. I didn't yeah, need- Elaine, and, El- Elaine and Honey were arrested for, for this sit-in. So then we go later that night um, up into the Nielsen's bedroom. Uh, you can see Mr. Nielsen in his bed sitting up and then Honey tries to come in and sneak in, like trying to p- pretend she's already asleep for some reason, like pretending to snore <laughs> as she walks in the door. Yeah, and um, he knows what happens. He questions her and uh, tells her that he does not want her to see Elaine anymore, that um, her friendship is too much. It is getting her in trouble. She's um, promoting all these things that he doesn't believe in. And she now needs to choose either him or Elaine. Even more so what he says that, that Elaine gives her ideas and he does not like he didn't mind that Honey had ideas to begin with, but he doesn't like that she's now thinking. He's really upset that Elaine has got Honey thinking. So then we go to Elaine's house. Um, Honey comes over. Honey tells Elaine that they can't be friends anymore. And eventually um, Elaine gets it out of her. It's, this is because of what Lloyd said. And Elaine calls Honey a flake. She does not like that she's not standing up for herself. And she says that she does not want a friend like that and pretty much kicks Honey out of her house. Yeah, yeah, she tells her to get out. She accidentally leaves her own house at first, but then realizes it's her house, walks back in, <laughs> kicks Honey out. So then we go back to the Nielsen's house. Um, doorbell rings, Babs answers it. Um, it's Mike, and Babs says that uh, since their families are at war then and our moms aren't talking, then the whole family's at war, and uh, we can't talk either. So the date's off, but uh, you can walk me to school in the morning. Date is done. Um. Chucky comes in and says that uh, Honey is very upset and Chucky has an idea and uh, pulls out the sitcom phone book, which we did not know existed until now. No, this is the first time. But we also, uh, Chucky also says that it is that Honey is singing the blues and Mike just thinks he's oh, being yeah. uh, metaphorical. He's actually, she actually, she's walking around the house just like singing, singing the blues. Yeah, yeah um, but I like the sitcom phone book. We get a whole bunch of references yeah. of people that are in it. Yeah, he's like going through the letters and like reading off random uh sitcom character names until uh we find out that chucky pulled it out because he is going to call two of mom's girlfriends to uh help her out with the uh sad times that she's having can't wait um did you have guesses before who it might have been or did you know or i knew but it's still exciting and you knew because you saw who was in the episode or yeah 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 because i because you know i looked up a lot of this when i was looking it up so a little bit later, the doorbell rings, Lloyd answers it, and it is two of the characters from the TV show, The Honeymooners, Alice and her good friend Trixie. And now you realize that these are the characters, and this is the show that that whole Perfect Strangers episode was based on. Right? Oh, no, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah so The Honeymooners is that is the sitcom that that episode was that based Jennifer on. Jennifer and Marianne Al- were kind of yeah. like mirroring. Were, or whatever. Yeah, they were Alice yeah. and Trixie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think, is it Chucky that turns it into black and white here? Or, I don't remember who turns it into black and white, but it does go black and white at this point. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, it was Lloyd. It was Lloyd, because Lloyd's in there. and Oh, uh, uh, that's right, because they come, They don't come to hang out honey. with Honey. They come to see Lloyd. talk sense into Lloyd. Yeah. Yep, and they want to talk to him about um, forbidding Honey from her and Elaine seeing each other. They tell her that... Uh, I really like this rationale they're about to yeah, use. Yeah, they tell her that uh, it's kind of sitcom law. If you are a housewife, your next-door neighbor is your best friend. It happens in all these shows, and they give them a bunch of references, and then compare it also to their characters in their show. Yep. And that's, and that's just, just the rules. how it is, right? Yeah, that's how it has to be. Um, 
Then they say, they tell Lloyd that he does not have a choice who Elaine hangs out with. This is just something like we said, how it is. It's their next door neighbor, their best friends. And uh, Lloyd says that, you know what? Honey and I are best friends. She doesn't need another best friend. We are best friends. And uh, I think that kind of ends the scene right there. Well, there's another important part to the scene is that Honey is in the background towards the oh, end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Genius. And I believe Alice and Trixie say something along the lines of, you need to make this right before before she does. Um, so you see Honey in the background hearing Lloyd She was like say, coming down the stairs like as they were talking. Right. And you hear her say, you, hear, you see her hear what Lloyd says about that they are not best friends. They're stuck together like glue. And you can tell she's starting to get some ideas. Yep. So then we go to dinner. Um, we see Honey is for some reason dressed like identically to how Lloyd is dressed. They're both wearing like glasses, a... the whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, honey is like trying to get on Lloyd's nerves. Like she's feeding him. She's like pulling slippers over for him. She's like pretty much like what Lloyd said was like, uh, like glue. Like she's sticking to him like glue now doing every single thing that I guess, not that you would expect someone to do like your best friend to do, but like, the best friend she's, times 10, like being as annoying as possible. Yeah. She's smothering him and being super clingy. And like, there's a great scene where they're sitting on the couch. She sits right next to him. He scoots over. She scoots over right in unison with him. He like goes to the chair next to the couch and she like goes right with him. That's a really good scene. Yeah. And eventually honey tells Lloyd that, um, she wants to choose her own friends. And then Lloyd does eventually give in because of all this that's going on. And then this is when we also find out that they were handcuffed together the whole time during that scene, which if you look back at what they did during that scene, makes it really even more funny because they were handcuffed the entire time. They were moving, doing those kind of big movements around the room. Yeah. So then we go to the Duff's house. Um, Honey shows up as Elaine is about to leave and uh, she's there to apologize. Elaine quickly accepts her apology and Honey invites them over for dinner and asks Elaine, you know what? Can you just be a little nicer to Lloyd? And she says, no, <laughs> and that's kind of nope. that's the end of the episode. But they do do like a final scene, like we saw in the first episode, where um, Honey is interacting with uh, Alice and Trixie in this scene, and uh, they bring it back to the beginning of this episode too, where um, she's trying to uh, give the she, she gives the coat over to them, right? That uh, she does that Lloyd gave her, and then like they're fighting over it, like who wants it, who's going to take it, that kind of thing. And then uh, Honey says, well, you guys can share. It'll make a great episode. And then that's the end of the episode. Yeah, I tried to see if I could find an episode where what she said happened, but I, I couldn't find anything. I didn't look that hard. But. Oh, I mean, I, I think it was just the the recalling from the beginning of this where it was her episode. Of- yeah, 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 no, no. But she when she tells Trixie and Alex, or Al, I keep saying Alex, Trixie and Alice that go take this and you guys fight over it for the event at the at the, at the lodge, that would probably make a great episode. I was curious to see if that was an actual episode of the from, honeymooners of the honeymooners. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's not how I took it, but I mean, maybe who knows? Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. So that's it. Just those two episodes for this week on, uh, on our show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm into high honey. I'm home. Howie and Rose, you know, that's the only time we'll see it. So yeah, I'm not that worried about it. Uh, what are we doing next week on the show? Next week, we are doing uh, one episode, unless you want to do dinosaurs too, which I probably, I'm guessing you probably don't. But I know I would love spot. to watch it, but because you're the traveling schedule, that's my only thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to commit gonna... to something and then it'd be too much. Yeah, I understand. Um, so let's just go ahead and do uh, one high honey, I'm home, uh, episode four, season one. And if we if we decide to on the fly, we can we can throw in an yeah. episode of dinosaurs, and maybe Metallica will be number one next week. 
Doubt it, but possible. We'll see. Um, check us out on all social media at TGIF Cast. Thanks to Cristal for the theme song again this week. Yeah, thank you. And uh, follow us uh, or subscribe to us on YouTube too. Uh, we're getting new ones up there as we have. Yeah. Them. Just search YouTube. Two guys all the socials into Fridays. And awesome con. Awesome con, August twentieth. Uh, it's a Friday night. We will be in room one oh three at five forty five p.m. for a live episode of the show. That's it. That's it. All right, man. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. It's Friday night and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun. Show you how it's done. T G I F T B A podcast.